Hi, this is Bruce Buffer, and you're listening to the Bronson Beard Podcast. Welcome back to the Brats and Beers podcast. We have another special interview today set up with Amanda Busick. Amanda is an award-winning broadcast reporter that currently works for the NHRA on Fox Sports. Uh, she is also a pit reporter for Formula E Championship Racing, a host and moderator for Discovery, Motor Trend, NFL on Location, and much, much more. Guys, help me welcome Amanda to the show. Woo! <laughs> Most importantly, I like brats and beer. So. Yes, yes. <laughs> that, that was going to be a question later, but I'm glad we got that out of the way. We like her already. Uh, um, I don't I don't want to hear it from Shauna. Tell us about yourself, Amanda. Oh, that's a very open-ended question. Uh, about myself, uh, let's say, um, if someone was going to put me in a sentence, um, I am a farm girl from North Carolina who has lived across the country and gets to luckily live my dream. That's a good <laughs> sentence. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It was a bit of a run on, so that's like grammatically yeah, it, 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 it's challenged. I'm with you. <laughs> so some of our listeners might not understand. I'm I'm gonna put you on the spot to create another sentence again. Um so some of our our listeners that's all it's gonna be is just you making up sentences for our listeners. Right. I mean I I, tip, <laughs> I I I my job is to bullshit. So this is yeah. awesome. So. <laughs> So if like a lot of people probably don't know what the hell NHRA is, uh, people who are close to me probably do because I work there. But uh, how can you like what's the best way you can describe it to somebody or like the experience? No, I think it's a great question. And actually, before I started uh, covering drag racing, I knew nothing about it either. Um, I think that I was probably that viewer that, you know, had gone to the stations and then you see these long, skinny things with parachutes. and You're like, oh, I'm going to watch that for a little bit to see what's going on. Um, and that was, you know, I, I do remember when I was a, when I was a kid, uh, we went down to Rockingham and I saw a national event. Um, and then where I was in Greensboro, there's a couple of eighth mile tracks. Um, but it's not that like at seven years old, I'm comprehending what drag racing is. Right. So, um, for me, uh, when I got exposed to drag racing, um, not knowing anything about it and as someone that potentially wanted to have a voice on it. Uh, it was imperative for me to kind of just d jump right in and dive into the whole experience. And part of that was going to a national event in, uh, in Dallas in October of 2015. And um, the best way I can describe drag racing is it truly is a sport that is felt in every sense. You see it, you hear it, you taste it, you touch it, you, you hear it. Um, and there's, there's, there's really no comparison until you come to a drag race, you, you truly have no idea, um, what visceral kind of experience it can be. And, you know, luckily we get to cover on the broadcast side, but I can be honest in saying that the broadcast does it no justice of what it feels like to stand behind a nitromethane engine that's producing 11,000 horsepower. <laughs> <laughs> it's just an out-of-body experience. I completely agree. Yeah, I mean, it, I was blown away the first one I went to. It was absolutely incredible. Um, and that's why I recommend everyone to go at least once, uh, even though a lot of people still think it it's something that they wouldn't like. But I'm like, you just got to go experience it at least one time. Yeah, 
Everyone I've ever met that's been to one says the same thing, but unfortunately, I only know Sean. (laughs) (laughs) Well, now you know me. We can change this. All right, all right. No, I think that's awesome. (laughs) Yeah, no, and 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 honestly, from uh, and listen, you know, it's one of those. It's a niche sport, so uh, you know, I get the question a lot. Hey, Amanda, what's next? What's next? And for me, and I don't say this to embellish, I true, as a reporter, I have the best job in sports. There is no way, um, in terms of my position, just to give everyone a little context, I am positioned at the very end of the track. So with drag racing, it's side by side, linear, A to B, start line to finish line racing. When the drivers pull off the track, I'm the first person they see. So imagine going 330 miles an hour you pull off a track and then there's someone there with a microphone and a camera, right? It can get pretty, (laughs) you know, it's it's just a very intimate space. And um, to be able to kind of in my mind know how drivers are, you know, how I know their habits now, right? Like I know what they're going to do when they get out of car. I know how they're going to answer questions. I know what questions, you know, may get the answer that I want. And it's, um, I mean, I there. I don't think another job could be as exciting as that position. Truly. Yeah. So do you have? Oh, sorry. Yeah, go, no, go ahead, Sean. Go ahead. Uh, no, I was just gonna say, do you have like a favorite like interview that you've done or like person to interview? I'm sure uh, John Force is up there, but do you have any others? Yeah, I mean, I think you have to say John, just in the sense that like, how cool is it that my career gets to coincide with his? Uh, I mean, if you, you add me five years later, who knows if I would have been able to coincide with John Force. And I, I, you know, I think that's really neat to be able to share that space. Um, there's so many moments. The one that always comes to the top of my mind is when Clay Milliken got his first win and he's been, he was trying for years, decades, um, to win a national event in the NHRA. He wins on Father's Day in his home state a year and a half after he lost his son. Like it was, you can't write stories like that, wow. right? So to be at the, and granted, it's one thing of, you know, I'm, be, I'm at the top end and that's where they call the position on the track as the top end. But I'm at the top end, I get to do the interview, but it's so much more than that. Like I get to watch him and his wife hug. I get to watch his eyes fill with tears of this accomplishment that he's trying to do his entire life. Um, so that brings me back to, you know, the championship interviews are always, uh, it's like you go through this whole season and here you are at this moment and one person gets the world championship trophy. Those will always be fun for me. Um, and challenging because, you know, in, in a, in a weird way, you know, it's my duty to make this a memorable moment for them too. Uh, so I don't, I don't take that lightly. It's uh, very serious for me to make sure that I'm going in the right direction and theme with everything. Yeah. So like uh, as a reporter, is there a lot of thinking on your feet or is this like all written beforehand? All of it is completely chaos, especially in drag. (laughs) Uh, And that's what's so neat about it. Um, We kick off race day at 11 a.m. And for the next five hours, I I truly have no idea what's going to happen. Now, where I will say the, the prep is a benefit, right? Like, so, you know, the storylines coming in at this point, I know the drivers, I kind of know their histories. Um, so for me, I like to over prep on everything 
97% of it you'll never use, but just in case something happens, you're ready. And uh, to be able to draw on that knowledge or draw on something that um, is just sitting in the back of your mind, I think that's what really um, just allows more comfort in the position, truly. Yeah, that's crazy. As a podcaster, we're kind of reporters, so I'm <laughs> yeah. basically just stealing your, your, your thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> I'm writing them down. Uh, Thanks, Amanda. So on race day, what is your favorite pair of shoes to wear to race day to go uh, do some interviews on uh, top end? So there's only one pair of shoes that I wear on race day. And uh, funny enough, I found them uh, in Bloomingdale's in New York City three years ago when I did my first Formula E race. And there was just, lo and behold, there was these shoes that were like metallic checker flag. They actually, they, so they look like a, like a race flag, but they were called the Mario's for like uh, throwback Nintendo stuff. That's awesome. And I'm like, well, I don't care. I mean, A, I like Nintendo and I also like things that look like race flags. <laughs> so I, uh, they were on sale for $30 at Bloomingdale's, which is absurd. So I bought two pairs and um, I rotate them every other Sunday just to try to keep them, keep them fresh. But Nice. We're, we're getting like to the end of one pair, but hopefully, <laughs> hopefully we can sneak this through another two years or so. Gotta make, a <laughs> Gotta make a trip back to Bloomingdale, see if they restart. They're gone. They're discontinued. <laughs> they don't make them anymore. Oh, that's a bummer. Cody, you got anything over there? I know we can't see you. I can't really read you. Oh, I got so many questions. So when you went to Frank Hawley's uh, drag school, did yeah. you actually learn how to drag race or did you just learn about drag racing? No, I did. Uh, both. So uh, the one thing that was really cool about the Frank Holly School is I actually, it was more of a, in a weird way, a psychology lesson than anything. Um, Frank does a great job of breaking down the way uh, your mind processes thought and also talks about kind of more of the psychology around sports in focus. And um, even he even broke down like eye movement and how, you know, every, every slight movement of your eyes is another thought for your brain. So all these different tricks to slow down your brain thinking. So you're processing one less thing. Um, but yes, uh, my first day at Frank Holly's, uh, I woke up that morning knowing I was going to be able to do a burnout and I don't think I slept the night before cause I was so excited. Uh, and, um, by the end of it, uh, I was doing the quarter mile at, uh, 177 miles an hour at 8.3 seconds. And I can see how this is addicting. <laughs> What's your you fastest your time reaction time? Flip, uh, I think I had a 31. That's pretty quick. Um, but the cool thing about it is, as it sounds like you're a drag racer, um, you look at your time slip and you're like, oh. I can go quicker. Mm -hmm. I can go faster. Of course I can have a better light. So you just start like playing in your own mind of like, it's, it, it, it's it changed my entire perception on, on what people go through on race day. That's awesome. That's a good question, Cody. I'm impressed. I know. I got a follow up question. So from what I understand, you um, had worked with Sean in some capacity in the past. <laughs> How much did that actually suck? Sean was great. Look at him smiling right now. His oh my demeanor, gosh. His demeanor won the office. Oh my gosh. I've known him since third grade and it only lasted <laughs> so long. 
Yes, I know you asked before how we knew each other, but yeah, I knew I've known Cody since third grade, and Drew I met in college. So we've we've been in this for a while. We were all roommates at one point. So you know, it's a uh, it, working in sports is a hard thing. Uh, you got to give people a lot of credit and props of doing it. Um, and you know, whether it's sports, entertainment, music, fashion. Uh, these are careers that, um, you know, unless you come from a last name or come from money, uh, it's really hard to get a footing. Uh, so to watch people, you know, build out a career in sports and, and go after it, um, props, you know, cheers yeah, to you. Speaking of footing, I saw you wakeboarding on Twitter. <laughs> uh, my my attempt at wakeboarding or were you trying to give the water a high five with your face or <laughs> oh man see that's just, that's the funny part is i don't take it myself serious and i grew up wakeboarding and i grew up skiing um what i was told after which i should have known but i haven't wakeboarded in 15 years um i was actually probably too light for the board because i couldn't get the board in the water because i didn't stop there by the way i I attempted, like, I'm just stubborn as hell. So. You kept going, huh? Of course I kept going. And then I couldn't walk for the next two days. But I kept going. Uh, so we concluded that the board was too... The, yes, I was probably lighter than most people using the board. But the important part about wakeboarding is getting the backside of it in the water, and I couldn't get it. So, That's right. So no, it's a yes, I, uh, I decided to say hello to hard water. <laughs> it's good to make fun of yourself. That's healthy. I, I tried uh, wakeboarding. I guess it was wakeboarding um, with Drew a couple weeks ago, and I tried three times, I think, for my first time ever, and I met the water immediately on all of them. So and then I just gave up. I was like, I'm good. <laughs> now wake surfing's a lot easier. Wake surfing's a lot easier and a lot. Oh, less what you were doing? Wait, is that what we were doing? Is wake surfing? Yeah, yeah Sean. It, Sean, it's a lot easier. She said. Uh, <laughs> it sorry. Wasn't easy. sorry. It was also my. Head, it was also my first time of ever trying it in my life. So. Sean, it was but, my first time. I think I got up twice out of three, and Drew probably could have done it all three. So. Yeah. Okay. Next question. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna get into some hard ones here. Okay, so on Wikipedia. <laughs> it says uh, Busick graduated from Northeast Milford High School earlier than the rest of her class, throwing shade at those dum dums. No, sorry, I, I put that last part in there. <laughs> I think it's awesome that it's just like earlier than the rest of her class. <laughs> I didn't even know it said that. <laughs> Are you writing your Wikipedia page? Uh, so the funny part is, is my brother sent it to. I didn't even know that existed. My brother sent it to me. <laughs> And it's like, it was written by like a guy in England or something. I'm like, wow. And it, it's referenced with all these sources from different articles that I've been in over the years. So um, I don't know where I had said that in an article or I was paraphrased, but. Uh, it must he also says, yeah, he also says you worked at a restaurant and like were, uh, you were a waitress, like multiple times he mentions it. It's kind of. I was. <laughs> that, that's fact. Uh, you know, in, in these careers, you often work second and third jobs to work your first job. So I, I'm not ashamed of that at all. Yeah, you kind of moved around a lot. You were in New York, right? Yeah. For a while. So where was your favorite place to live so far? You know, I really did love New York. I think a lot of it has to do with it was the first city that I moved to. And I was also 22 years old. 
uh, living in Manhattan, working for, um, I was interning during the day for a sports agent and working at a restaurant at night to afford living there. So I think just, um, I had a mentor that used to tell me, um, you know, remember the hungry years. And when you're hungry, you don't think about it, right? You're just like, oh, this sucks. <laughs> but I look back on it and truly it was so fun. I mean, I had zero possessions. Um, I had a bed and a laptop and everything else that was mine was my experiences. And whether that was sitting in Washington Square Park and drinking a mint tea and watching a 66 year old lady that had a sleeve tat of werewolves that you could tell was three days old. Like, it's just like, there's other moments that are just like imprinted in your mind from those, from that time. But, um, I really love New York. Chicago was the next step. Um, Chicago is really hard. Uh, the job itself was really hard. Um, the, uh, I mean, I'm sure we've all had, uh, kind of traumatic experiences in work. Um, that was mine. Um, and I think it kind of reflected into the experience of the city as well. Um, I love visiting Chicago now. Um, but it was, that one was a hard, that one was a hard stop to not only be in, but also to get over. Um, I, you know, sometimes I think back in my career, granted it's when I was covering college sports and I have so many connections in the business and industry now because of that job. I don't know if I would place my 24, 24-year-old self in that position again. Um, there are jobs that I do think you have, you have due diligence and that there are reasons that you have to go through struggles to come up. This wasn't that environment. Um, this one had very lingering effects um, from instances that happened within that company. So, uh, I, so granted... I don't mean to bring down Chicago. I love Chicago now, but it was a very hard place for me to, to be in after. Um, Boston was great. I was only there for eight months. Um, what I loved about Boston was doing the day trips. You could go up to New Hampshire pretty quick. You could get down to Rhode Island. You could go to Maine. Um, and Boston itself was a great city. Uh, and then that, you know, one of the things that I've always loved is from my experience in New York or from my experience in Chicago and in college sports, almost everywhere that we visit, even now in drag racing, I typically know someone in sports in a city that we're, vid we're visiting. So to just be able to catch up with people along the, along the way and give them thanks for their um, help along the way, um, I think that's been, been the coolest. Um, Los Angeles not necessarily high on my list um not so much i think it's a great place to visit um it is an absolute hard place to live especially in a job that you travel having lax as a home airport <laughs> might be i wouldn't wish that on anyone to be honest why is that you know and there's when i think and I was the same way. You look at travel jobs as this kind of like, oh, that must be so great. Um, and don't get me wrong. We have a lot of perks. It is awesome. But a travel day is a work day. And you, you, you realize that when you're on the road 200 days a year. And um, dealing with an airport that you land and there's no taxis, there are no Ubers, um, you're trying to figure out somehow how to get out of the airport. So you end up taking the rental car shuttle to the rental car facility just to order an Uber from the, it's just, it's a lot. It's, it's a, 
you're already battling the entire day and to battle just getting home is, you know, an additional, uh, again, not to complain, but no, uh, my, my little, uh, my little uh, Raleigh Durham airport, <laughs> <laughs> I'll connect through Atlanta every day of the week, as opposed to having to go to LAX. So being in Boston, I know you used to have a soft spot for the Celtics. Are you still a Celtics yeah. fan? Are you still- yeah. So are you enjoying their run right now? Absolutely. It's really cool. And you guys know working in sports, uh, when you, you, you root for people, right? So when you see things come together for people that you know, and you know the hard work that went into it, and you know the different pieces that fell together for this one moment to happen, um, of course you, work, you root for those things. Are you really sad to see the Bucks lose yesterday? Terribly. <laughs> you know, yeah, I don't, don't want to talk about the Bucks. I don't want to talk about the <laughs> what they're doing. In our last episode, we talked about the Bucks way too much, and Drew is not a Bucks fan, so he was he's sick of hearing about the Bucks. So we can we can move on from that. What's gonna happen to your boy? What's gonna happen to Giannis? Oh, he's gonna stay. It's all right. I'll be there. He's staying. It's pronounced Giannis. <laughs> Thanks. It's no, not. It's you not. Know, you said it the right way. Uh, he, he he never knows how to pronounce any Milwaukee stars. Um, do you know what your first Instagram picture is? No clue. It's it's like a little baby picture. Yeah, I just wanted to see, and it had it had one like on it. I just wanted to see if you knew what it was. Oh, Sean, give, it, give on it another one. <laughs> Who's the baby? I think it's you. Oh, okay. I didn't know if it was a baby. Oh no, it's not just like a random baby. No, <laughs> I'm it's guess- me. I'm guessing it's you. I don't know. I've never seen you as a baby, but oh. I would I would assume that it was like what a childhood photo. photo. Like? Um, I don't know. I guess I could scroll really quick to show you. Oh, I thought yeah. No, I don't. I don't have it up. Hey, while Sean is uh, scrolling there, I might have missed it because I figured it'd be like a top three question um, when my connection failed back there. But what was it like being a meat salesperson back in 2015? Uh, very interesting, and I do think that my uh, so the funny part is is, and you probably you guys know this working, I'm sure, in your own careers. But even though like my job as a reporter, in a way, I'm a sales agent for the league, right? Mm -hmm. You know, whether it's bringing out, you know, different internal, you know, like, for example, with the NHRA, every ticket is a pit pass. You know, I always find ways to put that into something in my reports, or they're just things that you know, in your back of your mind that you can sprinkle in to help um, with exposure or to help with the mission. Uh, so I think that, uh, when I started selling meat, I had just, um, that was kind of like leaving college sports and taking a job out of necessity. And truly, I think I talked more about college sports than I ever talked about meat. <laughs> um, what I have found over the years is people like to work with people. Uh, you know, the product is all the same typically, uh, you're going to find some sort of price point to get at, but people do business with people. And uh, that's kind of always been um, my shtick anyways. I love um, I love getting into the heart of, of stories or to the heart of people. And um, I, I kind of thrive on having that connection um, with strangers. And I, I've, I've had that my entire life. That's awesome. Um, I want to show you the picture now. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, thanks, man. Yeah. 
rocking them. Thanks. I don't know what they did back then, but they like took it from here and like. Yeah, it was. Yeah, that was a bring it back. Interesting hair, but I mean. I mean the bow, the bow, bow work. (laughs) All right, I got one more to say before we get goofy here. This is this is probably the darkest question of the night. I'm being serious. Uh, I was reading this article from Doug Foley and the future of the NHRA, and he's just saying some you know pretty dark things, which about it going away and and whatnot what what are your thoughts on that you know the interesting part about when i read articles like that is this has kind of been said since i started back in 2016 would have been my first year and um you know i think that there's always a balance between the league and its participants whether it's the league and its players the league and its drivers the league and its teams um, and I, I mean, for all sports, not just, just for drag racing. Um, and I actually, cause it, it's been a, it's been a very challenging year, not just in sports, but for people on a, on a nuclear level in their lives, right? Like if, 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 if this year hasn't been a challenge for you, um, you know, Go to bed and thank your lucky stars because I think it, it's hurt everyone on some form or level. Um, yeah. Even if it's just a, it doesn't necessarily have to be hurt. Maybe it's a, a perspective that you learn that's different or a change that's different inside of you. And I went into the race last weekend really kind of almost, um, this is the one race since all of this blew up that has actually existed on the weekend it was supposed to exist. So the idea that we could make this race happen in what we're living in, um, I kind of went into it with the, you can always grab onto the negative. That's the easy thing to do, right? Looking for the positive is the hard part. So going into this weekend, knowing it's the U.S. Nationals, knowing it's the big race of, biggest race of our year, um, I think that actually other people did too. And the one thing about that Doug Foley interview, I read it today as well. I'm wondering when he actually did that interview. Um, I would bet it was probably Thursday or Friday as opposed to today or yesterday. Um, I bet it was prior to the race and after, and listen, I'm not discounting Doug. He has a right to have his opinion. Um, well, I, I hate Doug. So, (laughs) You know, no, I, you listen, you have to, you have to appreciate people that love their sport, right? There's no knock on that. There's nothing wrong in that. Um, but you know, I also hope that, that we have people that want to see this sport win. Um, I mean, I like my job. I want to keep a job. Um, granted, I think that, uh, especially in this sport, everything is, so you have a league then you have drivers, you have a broadcast team, you have sponsors, you have, um, t- there's so many people that you have to satisfy, um, that there's, it's guaranteed that, that of those people that you're trying to satisfy, someone's going to feel unsatisfied. Um, but you know, I, I, I thought the weekend was successful. I thought it was a, a great representation of our sport, um, from a competition side. And, um, 
hopefully uh, Doug's fears may have been a little more put to ease um, from what happened this past weekend. Yeah, if Doug takes away my chances to feel that feeling you guys are talking about, I swear to all right, all right. I'm I'm get off of Doug. Whatever. <laughs> Dougie Fresh. <laughs> um you should teach him how to Dougie. Maybe Dougie, Dougie. will be teaching us how to Dougie. He's gotta loosen up, yeah. Uh so being a fan of uh NC State and knowing that football and basketball season is supposed to be coming up, what are your thoughts on whether the kids should play or not, or if they should let them play, or I guess what what are your thoughts around that? Uh, no, I don't think that kids should be playing in the fall. Um, I think it's uh, students were sent home from NC State. Um, I don't know how we can live in a world of amateurism where students are not existing in an in-person environment and you have student athletes that are going to play in a contact-contact sport. Um, you that just sounds like a lawsuit in waiting, whether it's now or 10 years from now. Um, now, if we want to have the discussion of amateurism and discussion of if players should get paid, um, I think that opens up a different conversation. But to look at a student athlete and say that he must compete when students themselves are not even attending in-person classes, um, follow the money. Yeah. <laughs> it's very and true. I I like I want college sports. I love college sports, but I don't see how ethically that's okay. Yeah, I agree. It's definitely greedy for sure um, on the college uh, and just trying to make that money. But um, what's the uh, what's the weirdest thing you've put ranch on? Uh, so sometimes I'll take a little couple of, of dollops of ranch and put it in my spaghetti. <laughs> just makes it creamy. <laughs> It's not like a fettuccine or like Alfredo sauce. Like. No, not a, I make a good, I, I had Alfredo tonight, actually. Uh, no, it's, uh, it just gets it a little, um, I don't know, just makes it, I don't know. I just like ranch. All right. All right. Maybe I'll have to try it. <laughs> all right. Uh, well, because you're in racing, do you believe the saying, nice guys finish last? Uh... Yes. <laughs> you, you could use that that's, if you want in your in your interviews. Uh, that's funny. What about if you're not first, you're last? Uh, in drag racing, if you're not first, you might as well be last. Ricky I'm Bobby. sure second place hurts just as, as worse as being last. Yeah, Isn't that. second place technically like last place in a drag race? In a way, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, at least you're not facing the person that won. The, yeah, the head-to-heads for sure. All right, well, I got a quick game for you, if you're willing to play. Sign me up. All right, so you know a lot about how fast things go. So a human goes like 28 miles per hour, okay? What Usain, human goes that fast? Usain Bolt hit 28 what? miles per hour. I was about to say what human. Okay, that makes sense. Okay, so I'm going to say but an animal. He couldn't do how, like, what would be Bolt's? You guys, if I can't Average. trust Wikipedia, how am I supposed to believe a man is so I understand that he runs 28 miles an hour, but, like, for how long can he run 28 miles an hour? Yeah, it's not like that's just, like, his speed. Like, that's just what he runs. Like, what's, like, his average <laughs> speed? Clocks. 
<laughs> okay. Let me try this again. So the human goes 28 miles per hour, okay? <laughs> I'm going to say an animal, and you have to tell me if a human goes faster or the animal, okay? okay. I like All right. it. So the first one is a deer. Human. Deer goes 30 miles per hour. Damn, that was a close one. Oh for one. All right, Roadrunner. Animal. Nope, a human goes faster. Small <laughs> legs. 19.9. All right, let's go with a rabbit. Human. A rabbit goes faster. <laughs> what kind what? of rabbit? Hey, no, my bunny did not go faster than a human. If it's like a jackrabbit. Is it like a jackrabbit? These yeah. are these are their max speeds. Their max And, and hey, my, my uncle, shout out to my uncle. He ran down a jackrabbit in an open field in Colorado and caught him. So I don't know how accurate your Wikipedia Dang. is. Well, he could probably go 28 miles per hour. <laughs> what was the goal here? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. He probably ate it. All right. What about a polar bear? Human. Nice. 18.6. Okay. A pig. You ever chased a squealy old pig up? Okay, what kind of pig are we talking about? Like a boar or like a pig? Uh, I just have pig written. <laughs> Human. Yep, 11 miles per hour. Okay. Now I'm going to give you a hard one. My mom. Human. <laughs> you could beat her? All right, I'll give you two more. A cat, a house cat. Hmm, cat. Yep, just barely though. Twenty nine point eight. Wow, I can see them being like it depends. It just depends on what part of the stance you're clocking them, right? Like they're quick. Yeah. Just top speed. What about a squirrel? Could you could you catch a squirrel? No. Twelve point four. <laughs> She's also not Usain Bolt. So. Oh yeah. yeah. Fast. <laughs> well, you won that game though. Five to three. Good job. <laughs> I don't think I won. I don't think I went. I just started saying human because I was trying to play the game of probability. <laughs> you think this was roulette? This is, how, this is how you graduate high school early, okay? I'm kidding. Yeah, right. You had to throw that in the Wikipedia. <laughs> what's your uh, What's your walk-up song if you had a walk-up song right now? Like you, you're driving the golf cart up the top end on on Sunday, and then you get out of the golf cart like as you're driving up. Like, what's your walk so up? Something? I actually had one when I was younger, and I'm actually pissed about it because it was amazing. And but now, like, it's kind of ruined. Um, so I used to, I was a cheerleader for the Carolina Hurricanes, and uh, we were each assigned a song. Um, so I had two actually. Um, I was the youngest on the squad, so PYT, Pretty Young Thing by Michael Jackson, was one of my songs. But the one that I loved, because it was also my, remember when you used to have, um, call, like, call, or call, ringtone, call tones, callback tones? Remember when yeah, you called someone in a ringtone? play? Yeah. So, uh -oh. when I got hired by the Hurricanes, um, the coaches had called. And um, my callback tone or whatever it was, whatever he called that, was playing. And I could answer because I was in class. And um, so when I called back, they were like, by the way, that's the coolest thing ever. That's going to be your song. And it was, although PYT was the, the, the main one. 
It was in the air tonight by Phil Collins. Oh. It was so ruined by the hangover that everyone knew how awesome that song was. And so I, was, I just felt like my, I was just kind of deflated after that. But yet, yeah. so I would say one of those. But um, I really love, because there's just nothing. there. You can't top that drum solo. Yeah. <laughs> that song is on the charts again. Great. It's made, it's made a comeback. Well, I have a second game that I'm going to play that we've been doing with all of our guests. But I, Cody, do you have any any questions? Are you still alive over there? What's going on? I am surviving this interview. Uh, <laughs> no, you guys are stealing everything. Wow. That Sorry, I, is that bad, Cody? Dude. You guys are stealing all of the questions I was going to ask her. And just because you can't see me, you think you can just go and say them first. <laughs> so I'll just sit back and I'll just watch you guys chat. You haven't thought it. You don't have anything. No. Um, I do have one question. Being from North Carolina, um, if you had to pick from the two real schools, would you pick UNC or Duke out out over there? Um, it's one of those things that you wish they could both play and no one wins. <laughs> um, I would say I would root for Duke before I would root for Carolina. Right. Thank you. Yeah. Because uh, well, NC State would probably beat Duke anyway, but. Just go Tar Heels, that's all I got to say. That's fine. Um, all right. Do you mind if we do a little uh, rapid round of questions here, like either ors? Either. All right. Okay. I think I know the first two because you kind of mentioned it before, but uh, beers or seltzers? Beer. Brats or burgers? Mm, burger. Okay. Uh, vodka or whiskey? Whiskey. North Carolina or L.A.? That one we know. North Carolina. Yeah. Uh, John Force or Courtney Force? Oh, that's tough. Uh, or? <laughs> uh, no, I love both of them. They're great. Okay. Uh, MJ or LeBron? Bronny. Ooh. Doug Funny or Patty Mayonnaise? Okay. <laughs> uh, Night Owl or Early Bird? Night Owl. Will Smith or Denzel? Denzel. How about Ryan Reynolds or Drew? What was the other one? Channing Tatum. Channing Tatum. Uh, Ryan Reynolds is funny. Okay. Uh, Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings? Harry Potter. Dogs or cats? Dogs. Darts or pool? Darts. Batman or Superman? Batman. Okay. Batman. Why? Why Batman? So I just remember watching uh, in the theaters when I was a kid. Uh, I think it was Batman Forever. If that, I think that was that one. But it was the one where um, Danny DeVito was the penguin and Michelle Pfeiffer was the Catwoman. Um, I just love that. I, I just love the whole way, like from the cinematography of that one to um, the soundtrack. I'm trying to. I think Chris, who was the Batman? It was. Uh, it was a uh, Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I just love that one. So yeah, Batman. All right, uh, Drew, do you have anything else, Cody? Nope. I I just uh, thank you so much for coming on. I, I was joking earlier about the podcast being like a reporter, but I honestly, it is interesting to hear that you like come up with all that. And you know, we take notes, and I try to over prepare. It's it's it is a lot of work, and yeah. so uh, I don't take that for granted. Yeah. Like our it's, uh, I think it's something of, um, I think it's, as you just said, you over-prepare. I think that's the best way to be. And then, um, you know, just in the conversation, if, if something 
intrinsically happens or organically happens, you have a way to move it because you're, you're prepared. Definitely. Yeah. Our first episodes were probably a little rough to listen to, but I'd, I'd like to think we're improving, but <laughs> me, me as well. Oh, you will. And you'll look back and you'll find, I mean, cause a lot of it sometimes is even, you know, I find a lot of my job, sometimes it's more of just having the trust of your producer to know that you can, right? Cause things are going to mess up. Like my mic's going to go out or power in the television truck is going to go down or, um, someone's going to be in a fight at the top end or like, it's more about managing the chaos than a lot of times it's knowing the content. (laughs) So I think once you have the trust of the technology and, um, you know, I'm sure the first couple ones you guys were like, maybe, you know, I don't want to say messed around with the computer or the mic or just worried about if things were recording, like that's come in the back of your mind and you'll be able to be more present and more, um, at the task at hand. Yeah. Well, awesome. we appreciate you coming on uh, and talking to us. Thank you, guys. Good luck. Thank Keep you. Do, Thank you. Do, do you have any uh, questions for us that you want to throw at us? Uh, when are you coming to North Carolina? Ooh, that's a good question. I was, uh, let's see. I was in, like, South Carolina in March in <laughs> Georgia. Doesn't count. That's, Doesn't that's kind of close. Wait, have you been to North Carolina? <laughs> um, I drove through it. I haven't. I don't think I've ever like really experienced it. No. Drew Cody. Do you like folk music? I do like folk music. You know but the Avid Brothers. I love the Avid Brothers. Yeah, they're like my favorite band. I'm across <laughs> the blue, though. I like Motown. I like blues. Um, the only thing that I don't like that I can't understand how people like, but no judgment. Um, heavy metal. Can't get it. Can't. Can't. Can't wreck. Like, it's the same people that. Not, I'm not typecasting, but I also can't understand why you would want to wake up to an alarm. Um, <laughs> like, not even, I know people have to set alarms, but the one that's like the, uh, uh, like, why, why, why would you do that to yourself? Like, my alarm is the harp, or my alarm is um, Cherish the Day by Sade. Because I want to wake up peacefully. Why are you waking up angry? I don't yeah. think that's, that's my thoughts on heavy metal. Like, why do you want to put yourself in a place of wanting to kill people? I that's don't hilarious. Think... Yeah, Doug Foley listens to heavy metal. <laughs> I don't understand. I don't get it. I don't understand. That's awesome. But uh, but yeah, I think we'll come down for, if they ever start playing college sports again, um, we'll come down for NC State. Yeah. Well, thanks again. Um, we'll talk to you soon and uh, appreciate you coming on. Thanks, thanks Amanda. Good luck with everything. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Yeah. Growing and we cook and growing.